Hey, Ed, come check out my North Star Christmas tree topper at Levitate's. Is this a gummy bear? Yeah, we lost baby Jesus. Hey, check out these LED lights. I have them synced up to a 76-hour all-Christmas music playlist. There's my little Christmas DJ. <laughs> <laughs> so, are you waiting till Christmas is over so you can go buy a new nativity set when they're on sale? Huh? No, no, oh no. We lost baby Jesus like 11 years ago. Is, is baby Jesus always a gummy bear? Oh, no, oh, we trade it out every year. Yeah, like uh, last year it was a uh, tiny troll doll. <laughs> and the year before that we used a uh, dog treat. They were the perfect size, but <laughs> Dalton kept taking them and eating them. You, you mean your dog kept stealing them? No, my son Dalton, he loves those dog treats. <laughs> Especially the peanut butter ones. There was one year that we used a, uh, a doll head. That was creepy. We, we made a modeling clay, baby Jesus. So the dog took that one too. Um, one year we got desperate and used an ice cube. That was a miss and a mess. Yeah, just seems like everything we try to replace baby Jesus with never lasts. Say that again. Everything we try to replace baby Jesus with never seems to last. And? And what? Say it again, slowly. Why? Just do it, dulcimo, slowly, do it. I don't understand what's happening. Just do it. This is getting weird. Dang it! Fine! But when I'm done saying this, you're gonna march in here, and you're gonna watch my star levitate. I'm fine, 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 do it. Fine. Everything we try to replace baby Jesus with never seems to, oh, yep, there it is. Okay, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas.
Wow, thank you so much, Daniel. That's just amazing. And we are so thankful that you are here with us. Welcome to Lincoln Berean. Merry Christmas. Can everybody give me a big Merry Christmas? That, that's awesome. It's great to be in a full room where we get to come together and to celebrate because what this day represents is so important. The reality that God would care so much about us that he would come near, that he would be Emmanuel, God with us. So we are delighted that you're here. We also have people who are still coming. We're going to get started in just about five minutes. I want to ask if you would give your first Christmas gift of the day by doing me a favor. Uh, often it's our visitors and guests who are the last ones to arrive. We want to try to get everybody in this room. So what we would like you to do is if you could stand in your sections and move to the middle to make sure there's not any empty seats that are in the middle of the sections. That way when people are coming in, our ushers are able to seat people and particularly if there are, are latecomers. So look right around right now. And I'm, I'm, they've told me to be ruthless. So I got to stand up here. Till I, see, till I see movement in those seats. So on your feet and move those seats. Uh, I, could, I could sing, I could dance, I can't play the guitar, but let's do what we call the Berean Shuffle. If everybody just move to the center of your section, then we'll make as many seats as possible for our guests, and we will be ready to start just in a few minutes. Thanks so much for being with us. An angel came to see me. Mary, she was doing laundry, and then the angel just appeared, and she was really scared. So Gabriel was like, Mary, you're going to have, what? I can't, I can't say good. Mary, you're going to have a baby. I, you're going to have a baby, and you will call him Jesus. And then Mary was like, I'm not going to have a baby yet. I'm only a teenager. I'm not married. Then the angel Gabriel told Joseph that Mary is not lying. She, you are having a new baby. And so they met up. They went to Bethlehem, which was Joseph's old town. They ride a donkey. Oh, <laughs> I don't know. A camel. Oh, yeah, a camel. She said, this donkey's fast. They tried to go to a hotel, and they asked the keeper um, for a place to stay. The keeper said, we have no rooms, literally no rooms. <laughs> so Mary and Joseph walked away sadly, but then he said, the only place in, here in Bethlehem that, that you can stay, stay is a staple. And then he just pointed the way, and they followed. <laughs> When the shepherds were taking care of the sheep, then they saw angels. The angels said, a new baby is getting born, who is king of the Jews. The angel were singing. Glorious. And then the shepherds said, I think we should go there and meet him. The second, I think, said, yeah, I agree with you. And the other said, yeah, me too. They had to walk through a bunch of grass and bushes, maybe have to camp out a night. And then the wise man heard about it. And then a star appeared. We should probably follow that star. It's pointing down to the barn. So maybe we should follow it. Maybe. So the wise men went to Jesus. They gave them gifts. A stuffed animal, like a hippo one, 
Deck the halls, hang the wreaths, count the days to Christmas Eve. Waiting on what's underneath the tannin tree. Bathe your house in twinkle lights, beg your kids for a silent night. Wondering about what's inside the red and the green. It's the most wonderful time of the year. There's no present like the moment, and it's all that we need. Just a little Merry Christmas, and you're here with me. You can jingle bells, bang a drum, you can pump, 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 pump. Let it snow on the mistletoe. 
holiday season, there's a whisper of something more, something lasting beyond the temporary, something our souls long for. It's more than the colorful lights and unopened gifts and fancy decorations, more than the holiday cheer and more than a few days of celebration. Hidden among the clutter is something to be found that's infinitely greater. Beneath a bright star in a dusty old stable, the birth of our Savior. Take the rest away. 
and something more remains. Emmanuel, the hope we celebrate. Oh 
Yeah. 
have a seat. days a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all of the world should be registered this was the first registration when Quirinius the governor of Syria 
And all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee to the town of Nazareth, to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field keeping watch over their flock by night. And the angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find the babe wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said one to, to one another, let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that, what, that had been told to them concerning the child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen. Over the last several weeks, we've been celebrating the tradition of Advent here at Lincoln Breen. And part of that tradition is lighting a candle, reminding us of the hope that we're waiting for. Advent actually means coming. And it reminds us of the waiting anticipation that they had for the first coming, the Savior. In week one, we celebrated that Jesus is the light. And then we continued on to light another candle, celebrating him as the Savior. And each week in Advent, as we light another candle, it burns brighter and brighter. The third week, we celebrated him as God in the flesh. And the fourth week, as our King, leading us to this final anticipation within Advent. That is lighting the final candle, letting it glow, remembering that he is our hope. It also reminds us to continue to live in anticipation, waiting for yet another coming, the second coming of Jesus. In just a moment, we're gonna have a chance
to give out of the joy and gratitude of our hearts. And if you are visiting with us tonight, if you're a guest, we are so grateful that you've chosen to come spend Christmas Eve with us. We want you to know there is absolutely no obligation for you to give. But if you're part of our church family, you know that every week a significant portion of our general fund is given to meet the needs around our community through the ministry that we do as a church, both the physical and spiritual needs. And so we invite you to continue in the generosity of your heart to give into what will continue to make an impact both here and around the world. I'd invite the ushers to come forward for the offering at this time. Jesus, we thank you so much that you came to bring light into the darkness. God, thank you that you saw us in need and you sent your son as a savior. Thank you that in all of his grandeur, being fully God, he humbled himself and came and dwelt among us. Father, thank you that Jesus reigns over everything that we surrender to him as our king. And Jesus, thank you most of all for Jesus, whom has brought us hope. For it is in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Oh 
You know, there's just something magical about children and Christmas. I remember when my girls were little, there were just magical moments. I think back to when I was a child, Christmas was a big deal in our home. It was just a wonderful day. But I also remember consistently Year after year, at the end of Christmas Day, feeling very sad. As a matter of fact, I often remember my mom trying to console us as we were just sad because it was all over. And you knew it would be another year before it would be back again. Maybe part of it for our story was there was just so much pain and suffering in our home. And Christmas Day was like a reprieve, just like a a day of refuge. But we always knew at the end of the day, December 26 comes. And reality sets back in again. I don't know that it's all that different for us as adults. I think it's the searching for that magical moment that drives the pace at Christmas. It just becomes so hectic. It just becomes so fast-paced. It's like, what are we doing? What are we searching for? Spending money we don't have, swiping credit cards, trying to find the magic. I see these commercials on TV where people are buying $50,000 cars for Christmas. And you can't help but ask, what are we doing? What's going on here? What are we searching for that we seem to be unable to find? I think we want life to be like a Hallmark Christmas special where everything at the end just magically falls into place. But as you're well aware, life's not a Hallmark Christmas special. And there's a lot of pain. And there's a lot of hurt. And there's a lot of confusion. But isn't that why we gather this Christmas Eve to remember that's why Jesus came? Jesus didn't come to give us one day a year of escape. He came to be the Savior of the world. He came to deliver us one day 
to what the Bible refers to as a new heaven and a new earth. It's the place your soul longs for today. I like to think of those magical moments, whatever that means to you, those moments you experience and there's something inside of you that just wishes the moment wouldn't end. Why can't I have this moment forever? Whatever that is for you, I think that's a glimpse of the world to come. It's a glimpse of the world as God intended it to be. He promises to deliver us to a place with no more tears, no more sorrow, no more heartache, no more partings. It's the magic you're trying to find in this world, but you're never really going to find it here. The message to first century Christians was not a message of health and wealth and prosperity. If you understand first century Christianity, that message is ridiculous. First century Christians were headed into persecution. They would be persecuted, they would be imprisoned, and many would be put to death for their faith. That's why the message was not trust Jesus and everything's going to make sense. It was the promise of the return of Jesus to deliver you to the new heaven and the new earth. That your hope is in the world to come. And once you understand that, you have what you need to face whatever it is you're going through now. Many of those first century Christians would die for what they believed to be true because they believed God told the truth when he told them he would deliver them to a new heaven and a new earth and it would be everything that their souls longed for. But the only way that was possible was for God to send his son and deal with the biggest problem all of us have. I don't know what you're going through this Christmas Eve, but I do know this, your biggest problem isn't a health problem. Your biggest problem is not a financial problem. Your biggest problem is not an emotional problem, and your biggest problem is not a relationship problem. Your biggest problem is a disease that Isaiah identifies as sin. The biggest problem all of us have is we are sinners before a holy God and that keeps us separate from God. He cannot deliver us into the new heaven and the new earth to dwell forever with him in his presence without the sin problem being dealt with. That's the whole point of Christmas. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior. It's not one day a year. It's forever in the presence of Jesus. But the only way that could be possible is if God dealt with the sin problem. So he sent his son Jesus to ultimately die on the cross to make payment for sin. 
to pay our debt that he might turn around and offer us new life, salvation, the forgiveness of sin freely as a gift to those who choose to receive it. I don't know what you're going through this Christmas Eve. I do know life gets really hard and it can get really painful. But once you understand that God has promised the world that your soul longs for with him forever in his presence, it gives us the hope to face whatever it is you're going through today. It seems to me, since that is freely given to anyone who chooses to receive it, there's every reason for a Merry Christmas. My name is Jason Knott and have served as a pastor at Lincoln Brand for five years. And uh, my wife and I have two kids. We've got uh, Ethan, who is 11, and Michaela, who's nine. And they're the best. Love them. Uh, Melinda and I have been married. We're coming up on our 14-year anniversary, uh, December 30th. So. So a year and a half ago, uh, life was going fantastic. Our kids were thriving. Uh, I, was I loved my job, I was just loving that. And really on the way to uh, a family vacation out to uh, Yellowstone, started noticing when I was driving that my left thumb, I couldn't pull it back. And I just thought that is the weirdest thing. So after coming back from vacation, my hand kept getting worse. And uh, so went into a doctor and they looked at it, they thought it was a pinched nerve. I actually even had surgery for that. But after that, I felt like there's, there's something more to this, I think. So ended up going to a neurologist. The doctor wanted to see both Melinda and I, and I knew that at that point, probably something was pretty serious once he'd done all the testing. And we got in there and he, and he told us that it was ALS, Lou Gehrig's disease. type that I have is very aggressive. Uh, most people don't live beyond a year and a half um, from first symptom. So we're wrestling with this diagnosis and it's really hard uh, knowing that it's probably over. I, I, I was preparing to die. I mean, I thought this is, this is it. There's no cure. And found out that there was this possibility. It was a really small chance, but if I had the right stuff in my body, that I could be in a trial that had some promise to it. So I get there and the doctors were blown away. They were like, we cannot believe you're here. This, this is, the timing is incredible. And so a miracle happened and I, I got into the trial. The doctors 
were hopeful that they could actually stop the ALS, which if that happens, it's world news. I mean, that's never been done before in history. But it was, it was really hard going down to St. Louis, knowing that basically it felt like my life depended on this drug. Okay, so here we are in St. Louis. Um, they've done a lot of tests this morning, pulled my blood, which I'm sure everybody wants to know. <laughs> So that was nine months ago, starting the trial, and now today, we're still definitely in the middle of the battle. I feel it attacking my body. I mean, my left arm is, is pretty much gone. <clears throat> my right arm is still struggling and going down. I can feel it attacking my, my, my diaphragm. And I would say there's, a, there's, there's fear, there's frustration, there's sadness, there's anger every single day. I, I face battles that I've never faced before. And in some ways I didn't know how, I don't know how to walk this through. I don't know how to do this. And so I feel an incredible need for something outside myself. I don't have it within me. ALS is a horrible disease and oh man, I want a cure. I would love to be healed from it. I'd love to spend more time with my family. I'd love to be here longer. Um, but as awesome as it would be to heal, be healed from that, Jesus came to do even more than that. And we all have a deeper disease within us, and that disease is sin. We need reconciliation with God. We need to be reunited with Him. We've cut ourselves off from Him. And, uh, and He came to offer that, to offer a free gift. An incredible gift that goes beyond, and, and it's awesome because he will, I will raise his hand again someday. He will make everything new. And all the pain and sadness and hurt will be, will be no more. We'll have no more crying, no more tears. And I, I, I can't wait for that day. So he's gonna renew it all. But he wants relationship with me. And he wants relationship with every one of us. And he came to die rose from the grave to, to make that happen, to offer that free gift of salvation. I want relationship with you. Will you accept my love? Will you, will you move towards me? I would say that I feel some great things happening in my body. I, I, I'm wondering, I'm wondering if this is gonna be history making, it's possible. It's possible this medication might work. But that's also not my ultimate hope. I'm gonna die someday. All of us are gonna die someday. Even if I survive ALS, if I'm one of the first in the world to survive it, I will die someday. So there's gotta be something greater. My hope is not in this medication, even if it does save my life. And, and that's really what Christmas is about. It's about Christ being with us. and that he's come into our darkness to bring us hope.
let's continue singing of our Savior. Feel free to sing along or clap along or even do both on this one. Let's do a little bit of celebrating here. says one more time in worship and sing to our king to this hope that we have. 